And we're back. I just decided to press record because I'm in the middle of a large mimosa and I don't know how long my brain is going to work. So I just decided to start right now. Because if I don't start right now, I'm going to have another mimosa and then I won't be able to talk about the things I want to talk about. And there's so much to talk about, isn't there? Isn't there so much happening in the world? Isn't your life so exciting? You know, things are starting to open up again. Did you go to the movies? I went to the movies. I'm in LA, which was the epicenter of the pandemic. You may have heard of it. Um, and now it seems better. You know, it's fine. Um I don't know if you guys have been uh, reading the news, which I do, um, not to brag, I do subscribe to the New York Times for $4 per month. I'm sorry that this is the type of lifestyle I have, but you know, that's what you're able to do when you are successful in entertainment. You're able to subscribe to the New York Times for $4 a month. And uh, things aren't looking good in other countries. (laughs) But we'll see. I mean, so I actually was talking to somebody who lives in Canada. And um, it's not going well up there. Because I guess they didn't close the borders there ever. So there are people apparently entering Canada from India. And if you've been uh, paying attention to the news, India is where the pandemic is at its worst right now. I saw something, yes, on the New York Times, which I pay $4 for every month, saying that I think like they diagnosed uh, or tested positive 347,000 cases in a single day in India, which is like the most ever in a single day during the course of the entire pandemic. So we're starting off on a positive note. Um, Things are going great. I am fully vaccinated. I had my second shot uh, March 4th, which I think I talked about that last podcast. Not sure. Who knows? I mean, time has just blended together and nothing matters. Um, But I am fully vaccinated. I, I went to a bar for the first time in over a year with my friend. We drank outside in the parking lot like responsible adults. Okay. I don't need any emails. Not that anyone ever emails me anything except to tell me about, like, if they're attracted to me or if they're not attracted to me. That's, like, the number one genre of fan mail I get. It's, like, you're hot or you're not hot. And that's it. And we need to fix that. I want more fan mail and I want actual questions coming in. I want questions I'm good at giving advice. I'm an I'm an elder now. I've realized. Like, I mean, I don't know how old you are listening to this. Like, could be so many different ages, but I'm an elder to truly most people in my industry. <laughs> in comedy, not like my job where I make money. I'm one of the youngest people there. But in comedy, I am your elder. You know, I've been doing this for so long to to no avail, really. I mean, yes, I did recently pick up some followers through some uh, TikToks that I made. I'm on TikTok. I'm 34 years old. I'm on TikTok. 
I'm embracing it. I'm just, I'm just going with it, you know? <sighs> it's fine. Oh yeah. So we went to a bar. I had, uh, I think like three or four Aperol spritzes because I was just craving an Aperol spritz. Again, not to brag about my lifestyle, but that's just, you know, the way it is. I'm a single woman on the town. I have uh, no obligations, no husband, no children. Therefore, I'm going to spend my disposable income on an Aperol spritz if I want. And it was fine. I also did a, uh, a pickleback shot. I don't know if you've had that. It's a it's a whiskey shot that you chase with pickle juice. I know it sounds horrifying if you're not already a drinker like myself, but it was great. Um, starting right off with an admission of my own relapse, which, <laughs> which you know what? I made it. I think I made like 45 days without drinking. So I didn't drink all of March. And then I drank, I think the middle of April, because I was kind of sad. And um, I've had like a couple of days where I drank since then. But I want to just say the main reason I wasn't drinking was for vanity purposes, because I'm having photos taken at the end of the week. And I just want my face to look like not puffy, which I have achieved. And I'm also using a... um an ice roller on my face um, by this brand called Kitsch. Uh, Not a sponsor of the show as we have no sponsors because I am middling successful in comedy. I have no sponsors. I have no ties to any corporation, which means I can say whatever the fuck I want right now. Um, But I will endorse this ice roller I got. I got it at um, Anthropology. Yes. Sorry. I shop at Anthropology. (laughs) I mean, what do you expect? I'm okay. I'm half white and half Latina and I grew up in Colorado. So yes, I do go to anthropology, Um, which isn't like the worst place. I actually think that they've been doing better the last few years. They have, you know, more inclusive models and they have a lot of uh, POC models now. I hate saying POC, which stands for person of color in case you are you know, not up on the lingo. I do hate saying that. I also hate saying Latinx. I hate that. If anyone ever says that to me, I will slap them. But, you know, you have to say it, you know, for the people. The people understand that generally. But um, yeah, so this was an $18 ice roller by a, a brand called Kitsch. And I got it at Anthropology in case you're interested. But an ice roller, um, what it does, I mean, it can reduce like puffiness in your face. And it's basically for like achieving like lymphatic drainage, um, just to ensure that you don't have like, you know, like, um, what would you call it? Uh, liquids under your skin gathering in one place and making you look puffy or, um, tired. (sighs) Yeah, I know. So fascinating. I'm a vain woman and I inherited that from my mom, except my mom is way more vain than me. And, um, she always will be. And I accept that, you know, but I did, I did take some of those traits from her. Um, so yeah, I just want to shout out, uh, the bar I went to, I went to Jay's bar in Silver Lake. I'm back on the mean streets of Silver Lake, you know, with my friends, um, it's, uh, LA is getting back to life. I mean, people are driving recklessly. Um, pretty sure there's a lot of drunk driving. 
happening again. Like, LA is a nightmare at night, you know, because, well, it depends on the neighborhood you're in. I mean, I would say that LA is not really a party town at all, unless you're in certain neighborhoods, and then there's people out constantly. So... Where I live, it's not really a party town. But on Citizen, if you have Citizen on your phone, you will see shootings happening. Not like shootings, plural, but like people will be like, I I think I heard a gunshot and post that on Citizen. Citizen is basically like next door for bad neighborhoods. You know, I'm not on next door. I don't think anybody in my neighborhood would be on next door um, because it's mostly like a Latino and black neighborhood. Um... And next door, as far as I've seen, is for white people to complain about non-white people coming into their neighborhood and doing things that they find suspicious. So if not, somebody write in. Somebody write into the podcast, unrulypodcast at gmail.com. Tell me your experiences on next door. Um, okay, so I usually talk about, you know, things that I've done and things that I've seen and Yes, life has been slow lately, which is why I haven't been recording as much. But I did see a movie last week. Um, I saw it at my second favorite. (laughs) Should I even be ranking these? Okay, so in Los Angeles, my two favorite movie theaters. So I think my number one movie favorite movie theater of all time in L.A. is The Landmark, which is on... Westwood and Pigo, and it used to be owned by um, a company run by uh, Mark Cuban, who I also call Daddy. Um, hey, Mark, uh, please call me if you ever get divorced. Um, <laughs> and the landmark is kind of like an upscale movie theater. I don't know. It's like it's a nice theater, and they show pretty much like every type of movie they show all the blockbusters and the mainstream movies but they'll also have you know smaller like independent movies and then the other theater i really enjoy which has a bigger selection of independent films and foreign films in addition to sometimes having you know bigger movies is uh the lemley and it's a chain of theaters in la i think they have six or seven locations uh, I went to the one in West LA on Santa Monica Boulevard, uh, and lo and behold, the manager recognized me from the before times. He was like, hey, I remember you. And I was like, oh my God, like, amazing that people remember me still as the sad, lonely woman who sees movies alone by herself <laughs> on Friday nights. I'm so happy he recognized me. No, I mean, I think I'm like pretty easy to recognize. I've heard that I'm memorable. I'm going to have a sip of mimosa, okay? Yeah, I've heard that I'm memorable. I am five foot 11, regrettably at times. And, you know, that's probably a factor as well. But, you know, we were wearing masks, but he recognized who I was. So. That was nice. But he was really excited to see me. So, um, yes, thank you for welcoming me back to the Lemley, um, which I enjoy. And the movie I saw on Friday, it was a movie called Monday. Yes, that's the title. 
The title is Monday, which I think is honestly, in retrospect, a horrible title. (laughs) And I don't think that should be the title of the movie. But that's the movie I saw. And um, starring in it were two uh, youngish actors. So um, one of them was Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky in the Avengers movies, which is, is he like, is he the Winter Soldier? Is that what he is? Yeah. Okay. So Bucky Barnes slash the Winter Soldier. And so his name is Sebastian Stan. I think most women know who he is because he's cute. I'm looking at his picture on Wikipedia and he has like, God, he looks cute with a beard. Like, you know, how like some guys, they just like, like he's cute without it, but you know, it's just like, just like with a little bit of a beard, it just like kicks it up a notch. It kicks it up a notch. The beard is like the Emerald Lagasse of, of male, um, beauty. So, <laughs> um, he looks fine. Oh, he's Romanian. He was born in Romania. That's interesting. August 13th, 1982. Okay. He's a Leo. Um, not my favorite, but you know, he is attractive. And then the woman, I don't think I've ever seen her before. Her name is Denise Goff and she's Irish, but I've never, I've never seen her in anything. What else was she in? Let's see. Hmm. I don't recognize any of these movies, maybe because they're all Irish. Oh, okay. So she's, she was on a lot of shows on the BBC. So anyway, um, the movie is about an American woman played by Miss Denise, who is Irish, and she um, is in Greece, and then she meets this guy at a party who happens to be a DJ. And yes, Sebastian Stan is the DJ that she meets, and within, you know, minutes of meeting, they're making out violently. Okay, so this is a case of extreme sexual attraction to a DJ. And honestly, who hasn't been there? But as the the film progressed, I realized that the parallels to my own life were rude. And honestly, I would like to sue the director for infliction of emotional distress. Like, I deserve compensation for sitting through this because this is a movie about a woman with poor boundaries (laughs) who she's a lawyer. I'm applying to law school um, who falls in love with a DJ and does like irresponsible things with him like cocaine and public drunkenness and public nudity And there's, like, some serious stuff in it that I don't want to spoil for you. But a lot of what happened has happened in my own life. And I was truly shocked watching this and, like, full-on triggered. I I don't know what happened. I don't know if this person was spying on me, the person who wrote this movie. Because there's so many things in it that are just like my life. And it was so upsetting Uh, (laughs) and also I was actually talking about going to Greece maybe next year with um, some of my friends so um, the announcement did come from the New York Times which I do pay $4 for every month yes that's a callback 
um, they said that Americans can travel to Europe this summer if they're fully vaccinated. Like, I'm not going to go this summer because that's crazy and impossible right now to plan that. But um, I think next year I'm going to go to uh, Greece because I've always wanted to go. Um, their economy isn't great. You know, I think it's been rough there since the 2008 crash. But um, we were talking about going to Greece and Croatia, and I had never considered going to Croatia before. But if I go to Greece and I fall in love with a DJ there, I'm going to be truly, like, so upset. And this movie is going to become some sort of a, um, you know, a predictor of my future. Where is Croatia? So Croatia is, it's actually, I mean, it's north, it's north northwest of Greece. It's it's kind of like directly north of Italy. Um and it borders the Adriatic Sea. So that's where it is. Um yes, I'm open to going there. I don't know. My friend says it's pretty. So that's what I'm doing. Sorry not to uh brag about my lifestyle, which I know alienates so many of my fans, but it is what it is. Um what else have I been doing? Oh, um, okay. HBO is killing it right now. I'm like, honestly, this content that they have is unbelievable. And if you're not, if you don't have HBO Max, you need to get HBO Max immediately. Um, Netflix, I'm kind of bored with right now. Uh, I don't even know the last thing I watched on Netflix. Maybe that documentary about drugs and like why we should legalize cocaine but i don't know what else was on there they have like too many things about serial killers and i'm trying to like relax before i go to sleep like i really don't want to have images of serial killers and stuff like that in my mind right before i go to bed because it'll like cause me serious distress i already am prone to sleep paralysis and I just don't want to deal with that. Also, I recently stayed in a haunted hotel and I just, I don't want to deal with seeing anything else. I had to stay in a hotel because, um, my bathroom was being repaired and they had to reglaze the tub. And if you don't know, uh, when they do that, the fumes from whatever they're used to glaze it are unbelievable. Like they're so fucking strong. And so when I got home from work that day, I came home and I like, I had a lot of work to do and I just like felt myself getting really lightheaded. So I immediately just like, I just like went to a hotel, you know, again, not to brag about my lifestyle, but I didn't want to um, die in my apartment from chemical poisoning. So I fled. Um, But long story short, the hotel I stayed at, which I have stayed at before in Beverly Hills, um... I won't name it. Um, it was definitely haunted and something was trying to talk to me in the hotel. And I could tell because I had ringing in my ear that <sighs> people are going to think I'm so fucking crazy when I'm saying this, but it's a thing. I have like so- some sort of like Claire audience type thing that I haven't learned too much about. But all I know was is that as soon as I walked in the room, I could tell something was in there. Okay, so listen, I I might sound crazy on this podcast, and so what? Who cares? Um, 
But, you know, that's my business. It's my business to be crazy. Uh, This is a free country. And, uh, oh, well. (sighs) It was a boutique hotel, which means that they don't have any fucking restaurants. I hate that term. Boutique hotel. It should just be like, we don't have any food here. That's what the, like, in small print on the website and whatever else, it should just be like, we don't have food. That's basically what it means. It means it's like a like a a cheaper hotel because they have less amenities, which I don't like. So yes, I am a humble woman in that I stayed at a boutique hotel when I could have stayed in my studio apartment and just like gotten brain damage from fumes. Instead, I would like to inflict my own brain damage by doing pickleback shots. In parking lots in Silver Lake. That's my business. So anywho, HBO Max. They have two shows that I'm really into. Uh, The first one is Generation Hustle. And it's basically about scammers, you know. It's about people who, you know, they've done the most to basically try to, like, be rich and successful. And something went horribly awry for all of them. (laughs) I don't want to like give you any spoilers, but I mean, one of them is a story that a lot of people are familiar with, which is, um, the, that Anna Delvey woman who was the, um, the woman pretending to be a German heiress in New York city. And she, you know, would like slip people $100 bills and people like lose their fucking shit over that. And I think she's still in prison. I don't think she got out yet, but I know she has to be deported back to Germany soon. Um, So there's an episode about her. There's an episode about the WeWork founder, um, which I had no idea. And I had no, like, no previous knowledge about this guy at all. But his name is Adam Newman, and he's Israeli. And he's married to Gwyneth Paltrow's cousin, not making this up. And we work, which is like, when you think about it, it's like the dumbest business model ever. Cause really what they're doing is they're just like renting office space and then re-renting it to other tenants at a higher price. So basically it's like a real estate scam. Okay. Don't come for me if you're like pro we work, but, um, this guy, like he would like say stuff like, yeah, this, this is not a real estate company it's a company about human connection and he just sounds like super culty and they would have these gatherings with like, they would have like the weekend performing, you know, they would have, um, I don't know who, I think they had Lord at one of the things, but just like one of those really scammy companies that like pretends to be one thing, but is actually another thing. And he's, he's in trouble. (laughs) Except I think he like got away with it because I looked him up and his net worth is like $750 million or something crazy still. And he still might get up to a billion dollars from WeWork after he left. It's a wild story. So those are two episodes I liked. Um, There's a couple others that I don't know, like they're whatever. There's like a guy who pretends to be a Saudi prince. It was kind of interesting. Um, another guy who pretends to be like a really well-traveled guy, like it, it was talking about like people who are like extreme world travelers who have been to every country in the world, which sounds 
fucking insane and I would never do it. But um, that was part of the episode if you're interested in that. So I recommend that show if you're looking for something to watch because I think we are all still inside and desperately bored. And then the other thing I've been watching on HBO Max is uh, none other than Wall Street, spelt W-A-H-L for Mark Wahlberg. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) It's Mark Wahlberg's new reality show in which he, you know, allows us to see his life as an entrepreneur. And he allegedly owns like eight or nine businesses. So that's what the show is about. And I just want to preface this by saying that, yes, I know he committed a hate crime. (laughs) Because like people have been bringing that up on Twitter. They're like, Oh, so when's the part on Wall Street when they bring up Mark Wahlberg's hate crime? And I'm really tired of people on Twitter just being like so self-righteous and just being like, I'm the best person. I'm like the most moral person in the world and you're a bad person. Because that's essentially like what you're doing when you're tweeting something like that. Um, But I did the research so you don't have to. And I went on Mark Wahlberg's uh, Wikipedia page. (laughs) Which, honestly, I think there used to be a section on his Wikipedia page that was just called hate crimes. But it's gone now. It doesn't say hate crimes. It says legal issues. Which is what it usually says for most people. But the the incident in question that people are talking about, it's so it's long been rumored that he blinded an Asian man. And, you know, like, called him, like, slurs and stuff. Um, He 100% did call him slurs, and he did attack him 100%, but he didn't blind him. Um, So, it says in the article here that uh, uh, the victim later stated that he had lost his eye in the Vietnam War while serving in the South Vietnamese Army, who were fighting alongside American troops. So... I think the the thing is that Mark Wahlberg thought he had blinded the guy later in retrospect. Like he was he was worried that he did that, but he didn't. Um also it says that he was high on PCP when this happened, which doesn't excuse it. Um it's still a bad thing that he did and a bad thing that happened. Um but PCP is fucking crazy. But this happened in April 1988. So he was 17 when this happened. Because I think people like think it happened way later. But no, like most of these like hate, most of these hate crimes, to have multiple hate crimes, you know, it doesn't look good. But I think we know why like he has all these, like he's from Boston, which is like a totally racist place i've been there it's definitely segregated and weird i went there once to audition for jeopardy did not make it r.i.p alex trebek and one of the things i did notice when i was there was just how like weird it was as far as like you know rich people being separated from non-rich people which are normally non-white people also, my friend and I, we stayed at, um, see, this was way before Airbnb, and we stayed on, like, a place we found on couch surfing, which still exists, 
which shocks me. But anyway, we found this woman to stay with and she didn't put this in her profile or anything, but like her brother, her younger brother was there staying with her and he was just like relentlessly trying to hook up with me and my friend. Like once he noticed that it wasn't going to work on me, he like was hitting on my friend and it was just like weird and (laughs) and creepy. This was so long ago. This was like 13 years ago. And looking back on it, you know, that guy should be banned from hosting anybody in his place. Or like he should be banned from being in his sister's apartment if she's going to be hosting people. So fucking creepy. I have no idea what his name was, but this was in Boston and he was staying with his sister. And you know what? If he's listening to this, which he definitely isn't. You're the worst. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, those are my my minimal Boston experiences, and I've been there one other time. So Mark Wahlberg, um, recovering racist. Um, <laughs> so on this show, I think th- there is kind of a part of the show where he's kind of like trying to look like a good guy. Because one of the businesses that he is involved with is a, um, like a workout place. Now, it's not like CrossFit. Somebody was asking me today if it's CrossFit and it's not CrossFit. It's like some sort of like workout with like weightlifting and like kind of like running in place cardio type shit. Um, but the guy who like started it is Asian. And so like he's featured heavily in the show. And I think like it's kind of on purpose, like not trying to say that Hollywood is like full of bullshit, but it is. (laughs) So I think like this is being done on purpose to kind of like rehabilitate his hate crime image. I don't know. You watch it. You should watch Wall Street and get back to me and let me know. I know some people, you know, think they're like too good or too righteous or too moral to watch Wall Street. But quite honestly, there's not a lot to watch right now. And it's not that bad. So, I mean, go ahead, watch it. And I'll admit, you know, when I was when I was a young lady, Mark Wahlberg was very much a part of my sexual awakening. Um, When I was... 13 years old, I saw the David O. Russell movie Three Kings on HBO and Mark Wahlberg was in it and he looked so good and (laughs) I had like, I had like shirtless pictures of Mark Wahlberg on my wall when I was a teenager. I think I had like some of the Calvin Klein ads of him in the underwear. I think he's, I think he did like another Calvin Klein ad right when this movie came out and I had like some of those on the wall and I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not going to like sit here and pretend I'm like some great person, but yes, I did find Mark Wahlberg attractive. And do I find him attractive now? Unfortunately, yes, I do. I <laughs> like, he actually is like in still really good shape, but he's out of his mind. I just want to be clear on that because if I'm attracted to a guy, 100% there's something wrong with him. I just want to be clear on that. Like, if if I see a guy and I'm like, wow, that guy is so fucking sexy, something is seriously wrong with him. This is just a part of my biological makeup, is that I detect, you know, extreme 
attraction in men who are dysfunctional. And I know he's dysfunctional because he posted, Mark Wahlberg posted his daily routine on Instagram. This was a few years ago. And it's totally insane. I'm going to read it to you. So 2.30 a.m. he wakes up. 2.30 a.m. he wakes up. That's an hour and a half from now when I'm recording this. Fucking crazy. 2.45 a.m. prayer time. He prays. He's like super, he's like super Catholic and religious, whatever. 3.15 a.m. breakfast. (sighs) Most important meal of the day. 3.40 a.m. to 5.15 a.m. workout. 5.30 a.m. post-workout meal. (laughs) 6 a.m. shower. 7.30 a.m. golf. 8 a.m. snack. 9.30 a.m. cryo chamber recovery. 10.30 a.m. snack. 11 a.m. family time slash meeting slash work calls. 1 p.m. lunch. 2 p.m. meeting slash work calls. 3 p.m. pick up kids at school. 3.30 p.m. snack. 4 p.m. workout number two. 5 p.m. shower. 5.30 p.m. dinner and family time. 7.30 p.m. bedtime. He goes to bed at 7.30, which means that Mark Wahlberg right now, as I'm recording this, is fast asleep. Yeah, he's a maniac. But, like, honestly, you kind of have to be a maniac to be successful in this country because we're sick people. Like, this country is so fucking sick. Like, that's why... You know, I would recommend watching this and also watching Generation Wealth because it kind of just like it gives you insight into the ridiculous things we value, you know, as far as, you know, what we think are good qualities in people. Because, you know, too many people think that like being rich is like a virtue and it's gross. Um, And I say this as we are approaching um, May 8th, which if you haven't heard on May 8th, Elon Musk... Yes, the one and only will be hosting Saturday Night Live. And at first when I saw that, I was really shocked. And then I like thought more about it. I was like, well, I mean, he runs a large corporation and Saturday Night Live is run by a large corporation. And people don't want to hear that, but it's true. People think that like Saturday Night Live is supposed to be some like some like bastion for like, you know, freedom to like say whatever the fuck you want to say but that's not true they you know they have censors at nbc i've i've worked at nbc like it's a whole like corporate kerfuffle over there you know you so you have lauren michaels like telling you what to do and say and then on top of that there's nbc and then you know the larger corporation comcast which dictates whatever nbc is doing so I mean, for anyone to think that Saturday Night Live is, you know, like people are always like, it's not funny. It's not a funny show. It's like, well, yeah, because Comcast is, you know, dictating what they can and cannot do. And I think our cultural obsession with Saturday Night Live is out of fucking hand. The show honestly is funny you know for what it is i think i think it's actually been doing like pretty well the last few months but you know it's not going to be this type of comedy that people think is like you know um say what you want to say like bold type fucking comedy you know like 
I don't know. I, I guess it's like people who are like Joe Rogan fans who think that that's what comedy is supposed to be. They think that comedy is supposed to be just a place where you say anything you want to say and it doesn't matter the consequences. It doesn't matter if it hurts anyone, etc. And that's totally wrong. I mean, in comedy, this is getting so serious for the fact that I've had two mimosas. But comedy... Just because you're a comedian, to me, it does not mean that you're free from the potential consequences of saying or doing something that could offend or hurt someone. And people may not like me saying that. I don't really give a fuck. But the truth is, is if you're going to go on stage and say something sexist or racist or insensitive, you have to deal with those consequences. And that's what that's what free speech is essentially about. You know, you can say whatever you want on stage. Go ahead. But you have to be prepared for the fallout of the consequences. You know, as in any art form. You know, it's not just comedians. It's all other types of artists face that too. But it's kind of interesting how people... You don't want to say like, oh, well, comedians, you know, like, oh, they're just like woke and they don't say what people really want to say. But at the same time, these are people who, you know, worship people like Elon Musk, who is a union buster, who um, treats his employees like shit, basically doesn't produce results on the things that he says he can produce results on. You know, like he keeps saying like, oh, yeah, there's going to be a, a colony on Mars. We're going to do it. But like, where's the proof? You know, what what was he doing with this tunnel that he was digging underneath Los Angeles for so long? You know, what is this guy doing? He's going to be the next episode on Generation well, <laughs> Generation Hustle. Because he like, honestly, he's like to me, Elon Musk is basically like Joanne the Scammer, but with cars. You know, if you don't know who Joanne the Scammer is, just like Google it. But Elon Musk is, I don't know. There's something so off about him. I I know there's something wrong with him because I have found him attractive before. Like I said earlier, if I'm attracted to a guy, I know something's wrong with him. So, I mean, all I'm saying is something's wrong with that guy. And I've, I've been right about so many things. Like I'm, I think I'm literally a visionary and people do not listen to me enough. And so later on, there's going to be something probably where I'm going to be proven right. And then people are going to be like, oh, uh, he's a bad guy. And then I'm going to be like, I told you so. And people still won't listen to me. But what do I know? I'm just, I'm just a girl in her luxurious studio apartment using an ice roller on her face and drinking Trader Joe's mimosas. You know, what do I know? What I really know is that Mark Wahlberg used to make me horny when I was 12 years old. So that's it. Don't take me too seriously. Um, Okay. So subscribe to the podcast, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Fixter Heather on TikTok at Unruly Morally, which I like TikTok. I think it's fine, you know, except some people are a little crazy with it. What's new? 
So follow me on there, right into the podcast if you're upset about anything I said. Please, for the love of God, just don't make it about how I'm either ugly or not ugly, because I don't care. If you're a man writing in to say that I'm ugly, you're 100% ugly. And that's what I have to say about that, okay? Now take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and have a uh, a great spring because we're entering is it spring yeah it is spring almost summer yeah take care guys good night Oh,